0: program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post COVID era. But how do you do all of that and at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO, to email campaigns, to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, 2Rs, two 2Ts, two or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801 801-386- 386 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801 386 3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast.
0: Share Your Hotness.
1: Now, here's your host, Lita Green.
0: Okay, and then I'm going to move you up, so I'm looking at you, and my eyes are perfect. Okay, so welcome to Share Your Hotness podcast with Lita Green, and today, my guest, Dr. Paul Jenkins. Now, I think you were the first doctor that we have had on. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because, I mean, that's cool, right?
2: I'm going to write that in my journal.
0: (laughs) So. Most of my guests have not all necessarily been experts, but Dr. Paul is an expert, and he's also one of my mentors. He's someone that at a turning point in my career, when I was about to write my second book, literally God said, talk to Dr. Paul. And I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to Dr. Paul. And so not getting into all of the awesomeness that Dr. Paul um, has helped me with in my career, but we wanted to talk today about, because Dr. Paul speaks on Positivity, pathological positivity. And we're looking at the toxic positivity that's being talked about. And the whole point of this podcast is that people would discount me because I was too happy before the events that put me in front of people. And Mm -hmm. I still had interesting things to say. And so Dr. Paul is going to be talking to us about this, but not just like, oh, if you're a professional, so not just me who's probably defined also as pathologically positive still. Okay. So deconstruct, I'm giving it to you, deconstruct Uh the toxic positivity thing.
2: It's it's so fascinating to me, Lita, as as a professional psychologist-
0: yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't just call himself hotness like some people. He, he like literally got this diploma.
2: <laughs> well, and actually I put I put a new nameplate on my door here at my office that says Paul H. Jenkins, PhD. And then under that, it says positivity psychologist.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Which isn't
2: even a thing. I made that up. I'm not the PhD part of it. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. PhD in clinical psychology. You get in but...
0: legal trouble if you make that one up.
2: As a clinical psychologist, you know, psychotherapy sounds a little like therapy for psychos and that kind of scares some folks off. And so I have shifted (laughs) the whole thing. You know this because we've had this conversation, but I've, I've shifted my entire practice over to positive psychology. And so to deconstruct this idea of toxic positivity versus what I call pathological positivity. Right, right. Which is the title of my book. Uh, there's a reason I picked that title, but in the industry, in the, in the industry of psychology, the word pathological means disordered. Right. With- disconnected from reality.
0: Right, right. Crazy. But what reality?
2: Well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but you know, the word pathological also means... Um, compulsively driven kind of like a pathological liar they just can't stop <laughs> right
0: yeah much and, of the annoyance of um you know going to the pathological positivity i saw a quote oh at God. our mutual friend kathy Lovelace's office mm. that said something to the effect of be positive it will um it's worth the effort because it'll annoy all of those who uh, i i'm not quite getting the quote correctly but it'll annoy all of those who don't like positive people and that's that's a good end game. <laughs> you know, just get rid of all well, those mean grumpy people.
2: Let's let's take a look at this thing that's cropping up right now in the popular media called toxic positivity, which is a very different thing. And the way it's being presented is that there are some people out there who just close their eyes, you know, they put on the blinders to all the painful, difficult, challenging aspects of life and pretend that everything's peachy or deny the pain or the challenge that people are going through. And it's so Mm -hmm, mm off-putting and annoying.
0: No, you can't say that. It's not positive.
2: Oh yeah. Right. Let's just pretend that everything's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the the idolization of certain groups and not other groups, and we're not getting political, but it's funny to me that Mm. we we are skipping over certain parts of our history, both as a mm. society and as individuals. It's like it ma- they're saying it matters where you are now, not where you've been and what lessons made you get there. There's a lack of analyzing.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't, it's not our business to deny the real pain mm-hmm. that real human beings are experiencing on a daily basis.
0: Right. Absolutely.
2: And we all know that there are underserved. Uh, marginalized groups within our society, and everyone—I—I I think I can say this with confidence. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has issues.
0: Yes. Yes. Is this true? Absolutely, and everyone has a story. Right. Yeah.
2: You were sharing before that there there are times when people will overlook you because well you're just too positive.
0: Yeah, I got that most of my life. So like Lita, when real life events happen, you won't be so positive and I was like "Um, Um, real life events have already happened (laughs) and it was just so funny (laughs) on a
2: regular basis and I got the same thing I was accused of being pathologically positive
0: positive. so you're like
2: and that's why I latched on to that you know Thomas Cantrell Mm -hmm. Uh, Thomas one of our speaker, speaker friends yeah in our speakers association he's also the creative editor of my book he he did Chad Hymus's book and Brad Barton's book and all you Mike Schlappy's them. book. Yeah. Anyway, so I hired him as my creative editor and we were trying to nail down what is it that I'm trying to ta- to tell people. And, and I kept telling him, well, positivity, it's a choice. It's, you know, and he's like, oh, that's all that trite, fluffy, psycho babble. And he <laughs> wanted to push it. And I said, well, people have accused me of being pathologically positive. And he said, what, what? Say that again. I can hear Thomas's voice. Yeah, yeah, goes. yeah. And, and he said, "That's it. That's your title. And it doesn't mean crazy. And it doesn't mean that you're denying the difficulties. In fact, chapter one in my book, Pathological Positivity, is lightning strikes. And it's about a time in my life when I was struck by this thunder's bolt of lightning." figuratively. I didn't actually get struck by a Right. Lot, right. Because then
0: we'd have to interview you on that story. <laughs>
2: <You> know, right. <laughs> but this happens, you know, you're going through life and then boom, this thunderous blast of something just hit you out of nowhere. And for me, it landed me in a bankruptcy. I was at the lowest point of my economic life. And you had
0: kids. and I had kids. Yeah,
2: I yeah. was I was volunteering time in my community and church. I had a busy psychotherapy practice. I was well-established in my career. My oldest son was just about to leave the nest. And by this time, I should be set, right?
0: You should be. This is where you start building wealth.
2: That's you know? the story I had in my mind. Right, right. And and yet I'm in this place where I'm at the lowest point in my life. Vicky and I were taking a trip with our kids. To go up to Seattle to visit her parents. And I had remembered in such a painful time for me as I remembered having promised her dad that I would take care of her. Yeah. And he sent me a prepaid visa card so I could put gas in the minivan. Oh. Not what I had in mind. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. But Lita, before that, I had, as a professional psychologist, I had been teaching principles to my clients and helping them to identify the principles in their own lives that would allow them to do what my practice title implies. My practice is called Live On Purpose.
0: Right. Which you can find all over YouTube. And I know you have a YouTube channel that's like the end of all our speaker friends. We're all like, ah.
2: (sighs) Well, and I didn't expect, it. I didn't, didn't set out to be a YouTuber, oh. um, but then there's principles behind that that we could talk about too. Right, right. Here I am realizing, wow, I can't even put gas in my own car. And feeling so ashamed and embarrassed that I had hit this point in my life where my father-in-law has to pay for my gas to get me up there to visit with him with the grandkids who are getting older. They're all teenagers. My oldest was was 19 at the time. You know, and, and, and you have a big
0: family. You have five kids?
2: I have four.
0: Oh, okay. Still a big family. Yeah. In Utah, five. it's average.
2: I have five grandkids. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> um, so I had been teaching these principles all along, but until that particular time, I hadn't truly, I mean, in, in a very gut level, I hadn't really tested it in my own life. And this was my chance. Was I really serious that you can choose a position of positivity no matter what is going on in the world around you?
0: Yeah. And I'm doing the, bring it on brother, bring it up, bring it home. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what I got That's it. You know what? It's almost embarrassing to admit this. The biggest realization during that time period. So bankruptcy. Okay. The big BK, right. not exactly what we were thinking we were signing up for. Right. Whole, right. Whole story behind everybody's got a story. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I used to be so judgmental of people who had been through a bankruptcy I now have a lot more empathy.
0: <laughs> Darn that hard earned empathy, right? We, you know, we gain empathy. We gain charity from, yeah. you know, some people I think are just born with this empathic kindness, but most of us, we learn it because of some really hard experiences. Yeah,
2: you learn it and you earn it,
0: <laughs> learn it and you earn it. I love that.
2: I came out of that bankruptcy court, And the first thing I noticed, everything was still in color, which somehow surprised me. I I don't know what I was expecting, Lita, that it was gonna be like one of those old 20s movies, you know, where everything's black and white and everybody's- No, I I had my moment
0: like that too, after my daughter died. I was literally irritated that people were going on with their life. I'm like, we're driving away from the hospital. like, do they not know what just happened? And I was, I, I felt angry.
2: The earth continues to rotate on its axis. So irritating. And the orbit around the sun. What the heck? Yeah. Everything was still in color. Birds were singing, children playing in the playground, quiet breeze blowing through the trees, you know?
0: Right, right. And in color.
2: Somehow that surprised me. And I'm like, whoa, hang on. And I went through a process over the next year or two of my own where I got to, this is the only divorce I've ever experienced personally. It's my divorce from money. (laughs) which was a blessing to me
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i didn't see it as such at the time i I thought this was a tragedy
0: now was your brand then live on purpose or did that did my jumping ahead a little bit okay wow that's interesting
2: the brand was already live on purpose i was teaching this stuff i just hadn't you hadn't
0: done that yeah
2: even and even if it happens to me right right which gave me a whole lot more legitimacy because i am still I, no, I would say, I was going to say, I'm still as positive as I was before. That is not true. I am more positive than I was before yeah. because yeah. I have tested the principles and I discovered this, happiness is a choice. We've and heard
0: it, it before, but if you apply that to other people and other situations, but that moment where it goes, boom, that applies to me.
2: And that's where I had to really test it in, in the crucible of my own life experiences to see, is this really true? Is this thing that I'm teaching my clients actually true? And what I discovered is, yes, it is. Because I discovered I can be happy without money, which I hadn't supposed before.
0: <laughs> now, did you grow up where you would grew up in a financially comfortable home? So you had never really... Well,
2: so my parents had four kids in the first two and a half years of their marriage. I know, do the math. (laughs) Yeah. My twin sister and I were in the middle of that grouping. (laughs) Dad had to quit school and go to work to feed the little mouths. Mm -hmm. We were never in a place of abundance, at least from, from a financially measured perspective. Right, right. We always had enough
0: mm-hmm. and we, yeah. and,
2: and we lived a very joyful, happy existence together. But mom used to wash the plastic ware after a picnic. Like,
0: the, like we're talking about the whipped cream container and sour cream containers. Oh yeah.
2: Those two. Yeah. yeah. But the forks and the knives and, and the spoons.
0: Oh, oh, got it. Got it.
2: And occasionally the little Ziploc bags, she'd wash them and reuse them. Right. Because she was very frugal and she had to be.
0: Right, right. Yeah, sorry. We first got married. My husband's like, "Are, are we vegetarian?" And I was like, "No, we're poor." <laughs> but yeah, I'm not gonna buy meat when I can get this many potatoes with that. <laughs> right. And I want some greens. I mean, I am now a green. I have to eat my greens, and so I chose I, vegetables over meat.
2: And I got to pull weeds and dig potatoes, yep. and, and we had our food storage, and Mom made our bread and and so that's how i was raised but i was i was in a position now in my own life where i felt like i'd lost everything and i felt like i was in this shameful position and 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 yet i'm teaching these things so i had to reconcile that in my own mind first and what it did is it brought a level of confidence to all of the intellectual knowledge that i had right and i couldn't have Learned during my PhD program, the things that this experience taught me. Where now I take my theme live on purpose. And when I said happiness is a choice, it's not enough to just tell people happiness is a choice. You hear that from the trite, you know, motivational speaker. Kind
0: right. of, Whoa, we've never heard that messages. before.
2: <laughs> I, well, you and, and I—we're allowed,
0: allowed to make fun of motivational speakers because we're both classified as that, but we both don't yes. agree with that as the title for it yeah
2: we've both seen the underbelly of it (laughs) and 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 we weren't there
0: to tickle it yeah
2: there's a lot of people who take the stage or the microphone and they they spout off these trite fluffy sayings because they sound good or because there's a compelling Mm -hmm. story that they heard from somebody else that goes along with it or illustrates it we and could have a
0: whole podcast on that.
2: <laughs> we got to move behind the trite, fluffy, just think positive crap that's out there. That is toxic positivity. That right. is denying the reality of people's experiences.
0: Which requires some vulnerability on the when we're sharing. So if we're sharing like you and yeah. I that share from a stage or in our books, but like when you're just talking to your friend, if you yeah. were to be like, oh, and just keep it this very light level. It's like, I wait empathy, getting in there with you. Yeah. I've been there. We're not exactly the same. However, these are some things I've learned. Right. So much more helpful than just don't talk about it. And, you know, in my book, sexual, um, you know, that came out, love me too, about sexual abuse. Yeah. I was just like, thinking you about can't,
2: second book. You
0: can't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And I had people that come up to me and be like, see, I've been molested. So, so you can't talk about it. And I'd be like, Wow, that's an interesting perspective because you're still in pain. You want me to deny that ever happened because if I'm doing well and we've had the same experience, that takes away your
2: excuses, which is what I love about your second book. And I like the first one just fine. I interviewed you on my podcast (laughs) after the first book came out. Yeah. But we did another one after the second book because it's a whole different message. And and you're right, it takes away that victim mentality excuse for, well, here's why my life sucks. If it's really a choice, and that offends people too. I tell people happiness is a choice and they want to fire me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not enough to just say that it's a choice. We have to help people understand how and why. And I spent the next three years of my career developing a psychological model that shows exactly why that it is and i'm
0: like all smiling because i know what it is and it's brilliant are you gonna gonna share it
2: uh uh, i'm happy i share it all the time (laughs) i am like is that
0: is that where we're going is that where we're going i think it's one of the most brilliant things ever
2: well i captured in my mini book portable positivity the model that I'm referring to, which has to do with an actual psychological model for for two processes that are going on in our mind all the time, evaluation right. and creation. And, and so
0: this is how people can find you to get this. They can buy it from your in your your pathological positivity book, right?
2: Yeah, I'll give it visual,
0: to you. Yeah, like just, yeah. So we'll have that in the show notes because visually it's something that people should put up in their home. And one of the reasons that I work yeah. with Dr. Paul is so that I have the right to use that model when I'm talking to people, because you don't t- steal yeah. other speakers' content. You
2: no, but it can be licensed and, yeah, exactly. and certified. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the mini book, if you want to start with that, you can go to drpauljenkins.info, not dot com, info, and then a forward slash title of the book, Portable Positivity
0: affordable positivity.
2: You, I'll give you a free digital download of this book.
0: There you go, people. Okay. So show us the thing again for those on the YouTube versus the...
2: Well, and podcast. while you're on YouTube, just bop on over to Live On Purpose TV. There you go. That's my channel. And the the introduction video, how to stay positive no matter what, that's where I'll go into a, a full 10, 10 to 12 minute description of what this model is. I'll walk right. you right through it.
0: And it needs to be, because what it's talking about is giving us the opportunity to look at what's real, yep. what we imagine to be real, what our precepts about what is happening to us, you know, versus what yeah. choices we have.
2: Well, your perception's all you have. Right. So these two processes that I share with, with people, there's more than two going on in your mind. But my job is to illuminate the obvious. Which I love because I get paid to tell people things they already and know.
0: And say that again because I think people could miss it miss it too easily.
2: Illuminating the obvious, not
0: eliminating, illuminating, but
2: illuminating. I'm yeah. showing it to you because there are obvious but completely unnoticed processes that are going on in your mind all the time. Yep, obvious but unnoticed, like like your blouse, your shirt. Can you feel it?
0: No because i've been wearing it for a while well now but it would be super awkward
2: (laughs) right now you can
0: yes yes but
2: why because Because you pointed it it out it's obvious but unnoticed because your mind tunes it out and your mind tunes things out all the time we're speaking english did you notice yeah well now it's totally obvious right right But most people up until the point where I mention it, unless they're speaking a second language, hadn't even noticed that we're speaking English. Although it's painfully obvious now that I call it to your attention. And in the model, there are two processes that I call to your attention. Evaluation, meaning judgment. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Notice that you can't turn it off. You're constantly judging.
0: Right, right. Aren't you? Yes. And this is is a, a human truth that people want to right. deny that they want to. Oh no, I don't judge people. Oh, whatever. That, that is a psychosis.
2: That's a judgment too.
0: No, but not judging somebody <laughs> that if you were truly that person, you would be psychologically unstable. You know, the same part of our brain and tell me if I'm wrong, cause you're the psychologist.
2: Unconscious.
0: Right. But we are the same thing that says, don't walk too close to that edge of the cliff. Is the same thing that means I'm making judgments throughout my day. Is this person safe? Is this situation making me comfortable? And we're just subconsciously making these, you know, what they're calling now, you know, an undisposed bias. You have to attract or excuse me, you have to assess what how you're really responding in
2: situations. It's built into your psyche. You can't turn it off because it's required for you to survive. Is this safe or dangerous? That's a judgment. Is this good or bad? Is this easy or hard? Is this light or dark? Is this, you're constantly judging. You can't turn it off. So
1: notice that you're doing it. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Vanguard Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time, still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO, to email campaigns, to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801-386- 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801 386 3896. Or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. And every one of those
2: judgments, this is the power of the model. Okay. Every one of those judgments about what it is, and you've heard the phrase, it is what it is. Uh, uh, yeah. Also annoying, depending right. on the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. All, it, all it means is the way things are.
0: Right. right now. But you you make, a judgment you make on that. right. That's that's you saying I'm not gonna take responsibility for it. You know, well, like, well, I am the way I am. You can't help it.
2: People use it for that purpose and it's you annoying. just have to accept
0: me how I am. No, yeah. you, you can grow, you can become better.
2: So take your bank account, for example. Everyone who's listening here today, think about your bank account. Okay. Now, as you thought about your bank account, you made judgments about it. Like, oh, it's really good. It's really awesome. Or, oh, it's deficient. It's kind of lacking. You'll make a scarcity judgment, an abundance judgment, however you see it. The truth of the matter is, even for those who are feeling nervous about the balance in their bank account, they're probably still within the top 10% of the world's wealthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: When you include everyone in every country around right. the globe, you're doing pretty darn well. People who talk to me about, oh, I'm struggling financially. Really? How did you get to my office? In a private vehicle.
0: Right. Perspective. Yeah.
2: Right? How many, how many devices do you own that have a screen?
0: Right, right. With-
2: but we're comparing it to something and that's a it's that's comparing it to about. what
0: we see on TV or to what? what we think yeah. is acceptable. Yeah.
2: And so we've got exercises that we take people through and we do this in our coaching programs and on my membership site and everywhere else we're trying to spread the message of live on purpose. I'm not here to tell you how to think. I don't have that kind of authority. I just want you to see that you are thinking and that thinking has an impact. And once you become aware of it, see, until you see it as a choice, it's not. Once you become aware of it, it puts you squarely back into a position of agency and choice.
0: Oh, agency, a.k.a. responsibility. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Be a hero or be a victim. You pick one of those. hmm And agency puts you back in control of your life. It doesn't put you back in control of everything right? because you never had that anyway. That's illusion.
0: That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: But it puts you back in control of your life. And then the circumstances are simply what one of my mentors called it, Mary Louise Zeller, six degree black belt in Taekwondo. This is a grandma that can kick you the next Wednesday. (laughs) And she said to me, she said, Paul, the troops aren't coming. Then she paused to let that sink in, and she said, "We are the troops."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's what I'm talking about with agency. You don't, and, and then she also taught me about the weather report. Okay, oh, you're going through a bankruptcy. That's just the weather report.
0: Because mm-hmm. we making our situation of pain or 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 abundance thinking it's permanent when change is inevitable. Right.
2: You know what? I thought about this, actually, since I had that interview with you about your second book. uh huh, And I was thinking, okay, so you were sexually abused.
0: Yeah. From two and a half to 14.
2: Think of life as a game for a minute. Okay. And you're playing this game. You know, those board games where you draw a card and the card tells you the context of your next turn. (laughs) It's like you draw a card and the card says bankruptcy. Oh, I didn't want this card, but that's the card I drew or you drew one that says sexual abuse. Oh,
0: and something that I think is powerful about what you're talking about and what happened to me is they're saying that because that happened during my fundamental years of becoming an adult person, that I should never have the ability to be functioning, to be happy. And yet I am.
2: We'll go back to the game for a minute. What is the object of the game?
0: Well, depends, Uh, depends on the game, but most games it's to win or to get to the end of the game. Am I on the right track?
2: If the game is life and the object is to win, how do we win? And I, I've come down to three. I, I think these are the three basic objectives of the game. This is how you win. And let's just see if you resonate with this, Lita.
0: Okay. I'm ready to write them down even right here.
2: Okay. Objective number one, learn stuff. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Now, whatever card you draw Mm -hmm. and you might draw the lottery card, you win the lottery. Yes. Is that a better card than the other two I mentioned?
0: Well, most lottery winners within five years don't have the money anymore. Because they haven't done number, you know, so if you haven't learned how, we look at how to manage it.
2: The card is simply the context of your turn. The objective remains the same. Learn stuff. Love people. Mm-hmm. Experience joy. That's the objective of the game. Now, as you go to, as you take your turn, the card you draw will tell you the context in which you get to do those three things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not doing those three things is it it feels like it's more than abdicating your ability to do those things you know like experience joy but yeah. you can't you can't take you can't just have joy without learning
2: learning stuff and loving people is basically how you accomplish the third one
0: right exactly cuz you can't like that is why you have people have all the money in the world and yet sadly still feel that they are not needed here and then you can have people that have nothing you know just like you know dirt floor nothing and are happy and smiling and you're like what you don't even have an iphone
2: it's because it's not about having anything
0: exactly but we think we're entitled to the things that we think dictate happiness and commercials have been telling us oh you want to be desirable well wear this and then men will be flocked to you or women will be flocked to you
2: yeah Yeah, yeah, it's just not about that. And Lita, I don't know why you and I both drew a card that said you get to be born in a first world country Mm -hmm. where you will have access to technology and resources in abundance.
0: And choices. I mean, my daughter, when she first said to me, I don't really know if I want to drive. I was like, whoa, no daughter of mine. Will not be driving and be thankful for that. And you know, if she ever were to say I, voting, I'd be like, there are five movies and several books you need to read on the suffrage, you know, suffraging movement, right? It's like yeah. the very ability to say I don't want to do that. What a luxury that is.
2: And, and notice that we're in choice mm-hmm. when when we feel sometimes like life is just handing us all of this intolerable stuff. One of the biggest lies that clients tell me. I can't go on living like this. Mm. It's not true. You've been living this way for some time. You've proven through your own behavior that you can go on living like this. Now let's choose where you want to take this.
0: Right. Because we're not just victims in the backseat of a car. We actually have a steering wheel.
2: Hey, when you figure out who's actually driving your life, uh, the ride gets a whole lot less bumpy. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And Dr. Paul and I laugh because that's, You know, um, we're both people of faith and, um, I talk about my business coach. Have you heard about my business coach, Dr. Paul?
2: I think I have.
0: Yeah. He's, um, he's free. Yeah. Yeah. He's free. You can, you can hire him for free. Um, the problem is he's going to get into every aspect of your life, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your community, your business, everything. He's not just going to coach you on like what you're asking, you know, to make more money. (laughs) And the only catch is he does ask you to live a certain, you know, lifestyle code, which, you know, like my publisher for my book, there's a code of ethics. If I go have an affair with somebody, they have the right to not publish my books anymore. You know, so that's a contract that makes sense. And then he also just requires 10% of what you make the rest of your life. And of course, you're, you're just letting me have the punchline. But, you know, my business coach is God. And people would tell me, you can't become a success if you do not follow my my three magic steps. And it's like, unfortunately, I've been given different advice.
2: Well, and there's principles and there's magic steps. <laughs> <laughs> and principles are natural, eternal laws. Right. When you can, when you can tune into those, uh, you connect yourself to. Uh, sources of power you know and I I know that you and I share that that belief. it was funny I was visiting with my daughter in the in the south where she lived for a couple of years as a a volunteer missionary and we're driving through northern Florida and uh, I saw a sign that said if I'm trying to remember the exact wording it said something like if Jesus is your co-pilot maybe you should switch seats (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and so taking this and going back to this idea of toxic positivity okay okay I think often that people of faith I, I I talk about this in my church talks right that we get this idea that we're a good person and so because I'm a good person I'm entitled to x y and z happening in my life a certain amount of safety, financial success. My marriage is going to go a certain way. And my kids are going to turn out a certain way. And I like to joke, since when has ever been God's good people that worked out well?
2: <laughs> and my question was, have you ever read anything
0: Right. Like any work of scripture at any language, you know, I mean, like, you know, the Quran, uh, you know, the, the Talmud, you know, all of these, you know, the, the LDS, I mean, the, you know, the, the Book of Mormon, That you know, you and I are both a member of the Bible, like being God's chosen people has never been a good thing. And so we get into this lie that, you know, because I'm a good person, I was in conflict with someone a few years ago um, and they said, but I'm a good person. And they were literally being mean about my daughter that had died. And I'm like, I have not said, you're not a good person. I'm just saying that you making fun of my dead child is a no-go. And they're like, but I'm a good person. And it really something I really stewed about for a long time. And I would notice that it's a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you, I'm, I'm putting, I'm illuminating for your words in your face, that your behavior is not conducive with compatibility. It's not going to work. Yeah, And they would throw us, but I'm a good person, which is a form of entitlement that I deserve something. And then of course there's that judgment that I'm good. So therefore they're bad. That's super poopy. This but is- it comes back to this, I I've already chosen this. And so everything should come my way when life is inevitably hard for everyone.
2: You used the word entitlement earlier or a form of that word. Right. And if we feel entitled to something... We're doing what I would categorize as depressionogenic thinking.
0: Okay, expound on that because I
2: like it. No, and that's we make up words in psychology, it makes us feel smart. <laughs> so depression, you know what that is. Depressionogenic means it causes depression to to think in terms of entitlement because we get into that. If I'm a good a good enough person, then None of these difficult, painful, yeah. horrible, nasty things will ever happen to me. And it's just not true because the most right. inspiring spiritual leaders of any generation have hard stuff that happened to them.
0: Right. That's Don't the, read the That's the books. hero's journey story.
2: Exactly. You Otherwise, know? they can't be a hero. If right. nothing hard ever happened to them, we would not be inspired by them.
0: Which goes back to your point of when you're faced with, here are my circumstances. Mm -hmm. What now are my choices?
2: Right. And there's always somewhere to go from exactly where you are. You don't have to wish or, or demand that your past be different.
0: And I always say the stupidest question to ask is, why me? When the question should be, why not me?
2: Why not me? Well, Lita we talked about this i think in in the interview you did on my show where what kind of what kind of children get abused unfortunately folks it's the kind who are available to an abuser mhm that's it
0: yep wrong place wrong time and you know in my case i was not taught about certain boundaries and that doesn't put blame on my parents or the culture that I came from, my hey, grandparents, whatever. Aren't. Yeah. But that is where we can help prevent is helping with kids instead of just being like, this is what you have to do. Cause I said, so I'm the adult. Because abusers, pedophiles learn to use these same lessons that we're teaching our children and twist them to their purpose.
2: Right. And that's just using an example of the scenario of abuse.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What kind of kids get abused? Well, any kind that is available to an abuser, and that could be any child. Right. And therefore, why not you?
0: Right. Are you
2: not just as qualified as anybody else to experience this?
0: And it should also help us understand that when, you know, no more than we make a child feel guilty that they had been a victim or victimized, would we sit there and go, why, why is this happening? Well, you're human on a human planet with human people. Yeah. That's why the the business partner embezzled the money. That's why, I mean, there's so many, like, of course, that's just because you're human. You know, why'd you get in the car accident? Because somebody made a bad traffic decision. And I feel like, you know, though COVID is very real and it's a scary, you know, respiratory diseases are harder to treat that people are trying to minimize any possibility of risk. And you can't, minimize the possibility of risk every time we get in the car we are taking on a huge risk statistically higher than most would be able to consciously what we have subconsciously like you were talking about said that that's a risk we're willing to take but because covid's new and scary that we're like wait no 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 i i we have to make sure that nobody gets sick nothing happens to anybody
2: and And, may i point out going back to our model that even saying it's new and saying it's scary are both judgments.
0: Right. Yeah, it's true. You yeah. so just
2: notice you're doing it. I, yeah. mean, I, have, I have people call me all the time. Dr. Paul, how do we stay positive during such challenging times? And I'm like, first of all, notice that you're calling these challenging times.
0: Right. And, and I, I want to say that because I want to be sensitive to recognizing that there are different levels of fear on it. You know, I respect yeah. it. Um, And I'm more than happy to wear a mask in public if it makes grandma and grandpa and someone with an autoimmune or, you know, going through cancer feel better. But I also, when I hear, you know, the media and people talk about how we have to make sure that there's no risk, I'm like, we're never going to make the planet earth where there is no risk. No. And as nice as it sounds, you have to start thinking through what's being said to you. And both political parties do it. They tell you this beautiful idea that is unrealistic to the human condition.
2: (laughs) You mentioned another example of accepting, accepting the risk. When you get into your car, there's this little movement that you do where you put on your seatbelt. Right. And and in doing that movement, see, seatbelts don't prevent accidents. Seatbelts do increase your chances of surviving an accident. And you're accepting the risk. Yeah, I acknowledge in clicking this seatbelt that I am taking a risk mm-hmm. right now. I'm falling I'm in love. It. It's a risk. Absolutely. And you it's know, worth it.
0: it. It totally is. You know, totally. You know, having a kid, you know, somebody's like, I hope my kids all turn out great like yours. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. They're not special ordered. Right. But I, and on my social media, I'm always saying, I'm just thankful when people compliment my kids, I've said this a hundred million times, I'm just thankful that I have kids that listen because that's, that is why I was just given little people that listened. It's not because I'm a better mother than the kid, you know, who ends up in jail. It's that I have little people that chose to listen. We can nourish that, absolutely. But some people just have a different brain chemistry or personality and they have to experience it all themselves you know, you tell them it's hot and they're like, I must touch it, must touch it, must touch it, you know,
2: <laughs> and, and somebody's got to raise the kids who don't, and,
0: and they me. need to end that, and that will still love them
2: no matter what,
0: which and goes back to your brilliant list of learn stuff, <laughs> love people and experience joy. Well, thank you so much, my friend, my mentor, um, which, you know, really, uh, my, someone that I know that I can turn to and will hold me accountable. And, you know, we've had a lot of, uh, years of knowing each other and I just appreciate the goodness that you are. And thank you for being on the share your hotness podcast. Now you can go tell people you're a hottie.
2: Awesome. I will do this now.
1: <laughs> the share your hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett media. Lita green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO, to email campaigns, to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, 2Rs, two 2Ts, two or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801 801-386- 386 3896. Mention this ad and get hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media.